Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Milwaukee. Start your engines. It's time to talk about all things racing. NASCAR, IndyCar, trucks, and Formula One. This is the Final Inspection Show with Steve Zaki, presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. Now, it's Final Inspection on 105.7 FM, The Fan. Here's Steve Zaki. And welcome to the Final Inspection Show. I'm Steve Zaki. Thanks for listening. We certainly appreciate it. And we also appreciate Great Lakes Dragway for supporting the show. Make sure to check out greatlakesdragaway.com. And uh, get your 2018 season passes, which you, which you can get online. Spring is in the air, and the track will be opening soon. And I'll uh, get all the updates uh, from them, especially uh, with Harley-Davidson with the ride coming up and uh, Great Lakes Dragway being involved with that. A lot, of, a lot of interesting stuff on their website. Make sure to check it out. And I also like to thank you, a big thank you to David Hobbs Honda for their continued support of the Final Inspection Show. Make sure to check them out at 6100 North Green Bay Avenue for all your Honda needs. They are the, the number one rated Honda dealership uh, for customer ratings in the area. So make sure to check out David Hobbs Honda and say hi to Greg, who runs the dealership, and Tony DeZino joining us. You drive a Honda. I do, Z-Man, and I'm actually, I'm actually coming up on my one-year anniversary of uh, purchase date. So, uh, you know, the new Civic's been riding riding strong for a year. Already taken it, take, tick, ugh. you know, that shows you shows you that the car is running well. Now, I yes. might not necessarily not be running well behind the mic, but, uh, you know, those those are the things that uh, they get you. But, and um, I've been, I was on you for a while because you had a very well, well-aged Honda before. It was, it was experienced. It and was... Uh, it what's was, what's the biggest difference between stepping into this hot little hot rod that you have? Uh boy. I mean, you're you're just going you're going from like the Stone Age to the future, you know, basically the Jetsons type, right? I mean, you know, whether it's whether it's the interior, whether it's the you know, the gas mileage, whether it's the center console, whether it's just the, the grip performance of the tires. I mean, there's just uh, the overall feel, the look, the color, I mean, the service. I quantum leap basically. The girls wave into you as you go down the street. I mean, that's implied, but yes. you know, so <laughs> it's no. a good looking car make sure you check out david hobbs honda and of course this is a racing show and there was some racing last week of course uh nascar at fontana and i think after that race uh once again i'll say oh god i wish they had ontario not the what, most west, exciting west coast race. swing in the books for another year so yes. well if not entirely now with las vegas having a, a second date yes. later this year but right um, uh, same with Phoenix, but uh, yeah, well, um, order restored in the galaxy, I guess. Martin Truex Jr. is back winning, and actually, Kyle Larson not winning on a two mile might be the bigger, the bigger bit of news. That that is true, and the Toyota is a big. <sighs> okay, we got one in the books. Yep. So I think we are. Well, I was going to say that's the first non. Well, 
Ford should have won the Daytona 500 because Eric Almirola got dumped. You know, Dylan got the Chevy win. So now all three manufacturers are on the board for 2018 with uh, Kevin Harvick's win streak finally stopped in its tracks. And boy, was it ever. Uh, In a big way. In a big way. Freaky fast, freaky wreck. Yeah. You know, just kind of scratch your head on that one. But, you know, coming off a turn two... Was he trying to get back into Larson? Was it Happy Harvick again, or was it just uh, the car got a little loose? Well, you know. I'll tell you what was refreshing was hearing a driver actually take responsibility for something after yes. the race, that, and especially a Harvick taking responsibility yeah. after the race. That's not something you hear every day, and um, maybe he's in. Maybe Happy has been in an extra happy mood because uh, ordinarily that wouldn't happen. Well, you, t- you take them all again after that. I mean, yeah. especially with the point system way it is now. You know, uh, yeah. I mean, he's got nothing to lose the rest of the, the exactly. regular season. So he's there. I mean, he's he's just. I don't want to say he doesn't have to run hard, but I mean, he's he's playing with bank. You know, what is what's this, you playing, playing with, with house money? House money. There you go. That's the term. And then this weekend, Martinsville. Oh, uh, so so the such a nice clip. change of pace. The paper such a nice change of pace. I little, love I love short track racing. Is it so is much it, more? Is it the the bushes in the corners? Um, it's part of that. It's a chance that we're actually going to be talking about the racing and not failed inspection and qualifying usually after the yes. race. I mean, you know, when, when we get to a short track, we are usually talking about some form of controversy on the, on the days after, which, um, of course, if the Chase Elliott, Denny Hamlin thing is your drinking term, I apologize. You're going to the hospital most likely for, uh, for the amount of times that'll get mentioned this week. See, I already forget who won that race. I just remember that the Chase Elliott, Denny Hamlin thing happened after the Chase Elliott, Brad Keselowski thing, which happened two years after the Matt Kenseth, Joey Logano thing. So it's all the things that happened at Martinsville, and I love it. Of course, it is the STP 500. Uh, 500 laps, 263 miles. And for the, for those keeping track, stage one ends on lap 130. Stage two ends and lap two sixty. Of course, I think I would run it like one twenty five, one twenty five, two fifty. Yeah, that that would be logical, and there's right. no room for logic in in racing. You should know that. And uh, of course, Jimmy Johnson, who was ranked fourth this week by ESPN, the magazine, under list of sports dominant twenty athletes of the last two decades. Interesting. Uh, uh, it, it's good to see that. I mean, yeah, the guy is a stud in NASCAR. Everybody's going, well, what's going on with him now? But, I mean, you got to think Jimmy Johnson's going to bounce back. It's, and Hendrick racing it's, for that It's part. the same old story, right? You know, Johnson has the slow start, and all of a sudden people are wondering what's happening, if they finally lost it, especially now with the Lowe's news coming out that's like, okay, oh, no, Lowe's is actually pulling out after they've given all the time, all the mm-hmm. money. Not just—we forget, not just with the 48 car for a 17-, 18-year period, but also the title sponsor at Lowe's Motor Speedway, exactly. back, which reverted back to Charlotte Motor Speedway. So, um I don't know. I mean, it's it's March. If it's May, June, and Johnson hasn't won yet, then you push the panic button. But you know, you've got a good rounds of tracks. He's won at Martinsville several times before. So, um, well, it's been mentioned before on the show, though. I mean, this isn't Jimmy Johnson slump. It's a, it's a it's a Hendrick overall Hendrick slump. Yeah, I mean, you know, Chase Elliott. We touched on him just a, a minute ago, but hasn't run particularly well lately. Alex Bowman, William Byron, where are you? Right. I mean, well, uh, that's to be expected. I think Byron more than uh uh Bowman mm-hmm. because it, it it is tough. I mean, you you look at and let's let's remember 
Byron's in the five car. This it's not the twenty four car. It's the five car. So don't yell. That that thing is just let him be. Let him let him just get his experience, get his laps in. But it's interesting how we had Kyle Larson come in this series. I was I've, I've been on with I've been telling Sparky, you know, this kid is coming, this kid's coming, and it took him a while to get that first win. And we're seeing the same thing with Chase Elliott, aren't we? I I think so. And in the longer the longer it goes before you get that first one, it starts to get in your head where it's just like, right. am I ever going to get this one? And uh, you know, in, in Chase's case, as close as he was this past fall at Martinsville, that was as close as he's come. You know, thus far, and in, you know, there's no one that beats himself up harder when he finishes second. And that get that just it's a self perpetuating problem at that point that you really have to snap out of. And this is nothing new. I mean, you look back, especially in NASCAR, you had Harry Gant uh, finish second so many times. His father, Chase's father, Bill Elliott, went through the same thing before he could get that first win. And even Probably became back unstoppable in, after that. Yeah, I mean, and there's other series that that's happened. I, I remember uh, Allenzer Jr. for it took him a long time to get that first oval win. And you know, he was so dominant on road courses and that, but he just could not win on an oval. And then he won on an oval, and then he won a bunch of races on ovals. And it just seems like it opens up the floodgates. Yeah, there's, there's usually a certain number of races in that kind of 50 to 60 race ballpark. I mean, in, in Chase's case, we're at year four, I believe, already. Mm-hmm. Where he's, so that's going on over 100 career starts, which seems hard to believe. But, you know, when you're doing 36 weekends a year, that, that adds up quickly. So if you're not, you know, 100... 50, 200 races without win, then you're starting to get into the Michael Waltrip territory of, are you ever going to win one? So I don't think he wants that. No. He's got Napa, but that's the only, that's the only Waltrip Napa, lineage he's Napa got. Napa, no. So. And uh, yeah, the, another guy is Kyle Busch. I mean, Kyle Busch has run very strong, but it's just he hasn't been able to get that win. I think it's a lot, lot of the Gibbs cars. He yeah. and Denny Hamlin have both really won, run well this year, but they've not run well necessarily at the right times uh, within the race. So. But there's no need to press the panic button. No, no. It's Kyle, it's Kyle Busch. I mean, <laughs> we spend at least 10 minutes on every show every week saying, oh, no, Kyle Busch won the Xfinity. Kyle Busch won the truck right. race. So, which he's already done this year. I think he won the truck race at uh, Vegas, if memory serves, he, Yeah, to I, kick off the year. So, shocking. I, I get frustrated when I see that. I don't want to bore the our listeners with any more about my rants about him running the Xfinity and uh, – Truck series races? No. No. no Let's take a break here. We're going to bring Jeff Orlowski in here, who is working hard behind the scenes here, and we'll we'll get him and get his uh, opinion on the race at Fontana and also in the world of NASCAR and just whatever else comes up. You're listening to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. Make sure to check out... GreatLakesDragway.com for your 2018 season passes. And also David Hobbs Honda, 6100 North Green Bay Road. Make sure to check them out in person and on the web at DavidHobbsHonda.com. We'll be back in a moment on the Final Inspection Show.
Welcome back to the Final Inspection Show. Steve Zotke along with Jeff Orlowski. Tony DeZino will be joining us again in just a moment, probably in the second hour, as we'll talk some IndyCar, sports car racing, and whatnot. TV. Speaking of TV, we had Fontana uh, last week in a two-mile track in in uh, just outside of L.A., about a half hour or so east of L.A. And what were your thoughts, Jeff? I thought it was boring. You know, I hate to say it, but I, I kind of got a... a, a agree with you because uh i'm a guy i'm a sports guy i got the two tv set up in fact that was installed by abc audio and video thank you nice the people there excellent if you have your and i'm not just saying that because they're a spon- they sponsor a station they did a really nice job yeah they do i i put it i that's how i sold it sold it to my beautiful wife susan i said we're i'm getting a second tv and guys at abc audio video will Put the wires in the wall so the wires aren't hanging all over. So it actually looks pretty nice. Anyways, got the uh, NASCAR race on one TV, got the NCAA on the other. Yeah. I hate to say, when you got people running up and down the court, all sorts of stuff going on, buzzer buzzer beating, game-winning shots, upsets, all this stuff happening last weekend, and you see this car going, and part of the issue with Fontana is you don't really get a, a great sense of speed unless they put on the camera that's right on the wall. Right. But otherwise, it, it's kind of, you know, I mean, the restarts are great. Cars are kind of dipping and diving and everything. But after two or three week, two or three laps, kind of shake things out and you got... Yeah, you, you know, you had yeah. Truex just straight dominate. And uh, like we talked about a little bit last week, Harvick dominated Atlanta, but Atlanta was still an exciting track. Now, Auto Club, Fontana, whatever you want to call it, there's so much going for that track. The fact that it's so wide and you can run four wide, you can go five wide, you can run on the inside, on the apron, next to the wall. There's so many different lines, and it it has so much going for it, but it gets so spread out. Martin Truex won by, you know, a mile, right. and it just it didn't have the excitement that made you want to sit there and watch every single lap. Like you said, there was a lot other stuff going on uh, that you know was uh, vying for attention as well, and it seemed like you know this was one of the races, the one of the first races of the season where you know if you caught a hundred lap nap in the middle, you right. really didn't miss a whole lot. And 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 that, I think that's a pr- I don't I don't want to say the problem, but I guess it is with so many people. We're such, we're in such a video world. Everything we're always on. We go outside. You're on camera, right? You're, you know, you go to a sports bar. You go to a restaurant. What do you see? TVs all over. Yep. So, and what those TVs will have multiple sports. And if you got a basketball game on or a football game, and you got a lot of stuff happening and stuff, and people running around, and then you got a track like Fontana. Uh, and and it was, especially if the audio is down, right? Which sometimes is better, but that's just another <laughs> DW. Anyway, but no, seriously though, it's you know it's you're watching the other stuff more than the NASCAR race. I hate to say it. I watch every NASCAR race twice. I watch it as a fan the first time, and then the second time I watch it and I take notes. This was the first race in about a year that I did not watch for a second time 
because I did not want to torture myself. I sat through it the first time, and you know you had the early excitement with Harvick, uh, you know door slamming uh, Larson and knocking himself out of the the run for four wins in a row, uh, which he took uh, the blame for post race, which was good for him because it was a hundred percent his fault. But there wasn't much excitement after that. It just there wasn't anything that really. There wasn't any storylines. There wasn't anything that really captured your attention. It just, it was just kind of, eh. And uh, like I said, it's frustrating because you have a track that has so many multiple grooves. There's, it should be fantastic racing. Now, would maybe a, a late caution or two or three have made it a hell of a lot more interesting? But then again, that you don't want to do that, though. Well, I know because NASCAR's you, you been can't blamed. Go to that well. Oh, Just I like, know. Remember the fighting thing? Absolutely. The fighting thing was getting a little bit like people were kind of starting to expect it. And I always like to listen to other people who don't really follow racing and see what they say. And they were like, "Oh, and then of course the fight started. It starts turning into a negative if you start." If it becomes too predictable, exactly. trying to be unpredictable, but uh, getting back to the race, yeah, uh, you dominated once again. It was a, it was a sweep, both stages and the final and the pole. First guy ever to win all four. And uh, Kyle Larson followed with Kyle Busch, and then Brad Keselowski, who you, and it seems like the Penske cars run well there, uh, and Joey Logano round out the t- the top five. Now, the Xfinity Series, I want to talk about that and really? coming up in the break. Well, <laughs> just, uh, you know. Hey, before we get to that, okay. what did you think of Kyle Busch's pit crew that sat there and turned the wrench the wrong way on his adjustment, which, you know, yeah. he he was the only one that legitimately had something for Truex. And I think if they could have got that adjustment right, we might have seen an exciting finish. The guy turns a wrench the wrong way, and well, that's the problem when you have guys who were basically football players and converted into pit crew guys. They're not car guys. They're not guys who worked on on. Uh, they came up through the ranks like we used to have the guys that would work at Slinger or Hales Corners or even Cedarburg or Lake Geneva, and then would maybe go start working on an ASA team and start traveling with the ASA back in the day and that, and would work for guys like Dick Trickle or Tom Reffner and those guys and start going to the bigger tracks, then maybe start working on the, for an ARCA team, working in the ARCA series and in the old Bush series, and then after 10 or 12 years, boom, they're on a cup team finally. Oh, not not the top cup team. They're working for Jimmy Means or Dave Marcus, or they're cutting their racing teeth, learning, learning the cars, and it was instinct. I need, you know, they would just say, I need, you know, three rounds of wedge, you know, and the guys knew what by just, they could tell because they knew what the car was doing by just looking at it. Yeah, and And, I think it's too late in the season now to still use the, we're still adjusting to not having as many guys over the wall. I think that excuse is played out now. Well, then accidents are going to happen too. Of course. Maybe, you know, I, I don't know the guy. Maybe he does have more experience. I don't know, but I, I do see you do see things when you sit with guys and have the opportunity. There's nothing cooler than sitting, being able to watch a sport with a guy who knows even more than you, who's been in it, and he'll give you little tidbits. Or sitting down watching with a driver 
It's it's fan, you know it's really cool. He'll tell you stuff that you didn't even you're not even really even seeing. Even though I can tell things from what that a car's doing that maybe somebody may not. So let's take a quick break here. When we come back, we'll talk more NASCAR on the final inspection show. This is Final Inspection with Steve Zaki. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove on 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. Make sure to check out greatlakesdragway.com and get your 2018 season passes. And i also like to thank David Hobbs Honda for once again coming on board. We appreciate their support. And make sure to check out davidhobbshonda.com. Check out, uh, they always have stuff going on, specials on, on their new and used cars. So make sure you get out there and say hi to Greg. Hi, Greg. Greg. Hi, Greg. Yeah, they have one heck of a lot of used car lot, man. They've yeah. got everything, anything you're looking for. Yeah, David Hobbs Honda is great. It's not just Hondas, too. Yes, they have a nice selection of used cars, and there'll be something out there. If you're looking for something, they should be able to f- fill your needs. And if you don't see it, ask them. They might be able to get that car. They might know somebody who's interested in trading in their car or something. Who knows? But Oz. Where there's a will, there's a way at David Hobbs Honda. So you appreciate them coming on board. Dealer for the people. Dealer for yes, that is true. All right, we got to talk about the Roseanne. Did you know it was the Roseanne 300? Yeah, race yeah, Montana. Joy. Um, yes, the two hour and twenty one minute race won by Joey Logano. One hundred and fifty mile, one hundred and fifty lap race. I love that. Uh huh. Short and sweet. Yep. Let's see here. I gotta take a hold. Time of race was two hours and 21 minutes. That's perfect. However, 150-lap race, Joey Logano led 139. And That's I tell it? you what, I'm watching. I was, once again, had the two-TV deal going on. Thank you, ABC Audio and Video. And I got basketball and racing going on. And I'm looking at Logano, and then they, he goes, and then they, they're focusing on the rest of the field. That was a good race. The race for second through tenth or whatever, there was. And I'm thinking to myself, somebody, you know, shoot out his tire, get him out of there. That Xfinity race would be pretty entertaining. But Logano dominated. Yep. And we've gone through this. We've been talking about this for years about why you know the Cup stars double dipping and all that. And and but I mean, it was just kind of frustrating. Seeing such a good race and finishing behind Logano was Justin Algar, uh, Elliot Sadler, Austin Dillon, okay, uh, Daniel Hemrick, Cole Custer, and uh, Tyler Reddick. And if if Justin Algar would have won that race, you know that victory lane would have been just electric. You would have been so pumped to get a win. But there's Joey Logano, you know, okay, yeah, I won the Xfinity race. Of course, I'm, I'm supposed to win the race because that's why they, you know, 
I'm in the car, blah, blah, blah. And it was just, it, it just, it just kind of gets frustrating. You know, you know, people may think, oh, they're uh, ripping on NASCAR. Well, we're, we're kind of ripping on it because we're fans. Yep. You know, I grew, I grew up watching, okay, Jack Ingram would dominate Grand National Racing, as it was called then, but he was a Grand National driver. You know, and I know Dale Earnhardt would go in and win the racing, win a race in his Nova, number eight Nova, at uh, places like uh, Charlotte or or even Daytona and that. Daytona, you kind of expected it. Uh, him or uh, Daryl Waltrip or maybe a Harry Gant, Harry Gant, who drove many years for Ed Whitaker Racing, the number seven car. But, you know, it, it's just, it's frustrating you know, we've talked about, you know, how should they do this? You know, I think, you know, the first two years, you know, you, you should, there should be a formula or something where you can run so many races, blah, blah, blah. And they, they've done that. They've been kind of working with it. But it, it, it's just frustrating seeing such a good race behind Logano thinking that should be for the, that should be for the lead. I know. These guys were, you know, they're pumped up. They're getting after it. And there's Logano. It looks like he's on rails. Well, it's crazy because for, I, I want to say it was a couple of years ago, the motto of the Xfinity series was names are made here, mm-hmm. okay, where they actually were trying to promote the series and promote the young and up-and-coming drivers at the same time. Logano's name is not made by winning a, a Bush Series race at Fontana. Logano already has his name. Austin Dillon the Weasel finished fourth. His name is not being made because he's running an Xfinity race in California. His name is already made. Give that series to the young guys who are hungry. You know, like you said, the racing was fantastic from second till about what, 15th. Mm-hmm. It was great. And but it should not there should not be double dipping. Once you reach that level, and maybe okay, say, say you're Daniel Suarez, and uh, you know you you win the the Xfinity Championship, then you move up to Cup. Maybe that first year you're mm-hmm. in Cup, you're eligible to double dip just because you're still learning, and you're the defending champion. Yeah, defending champion, you know. But that is that is it. After you spend a full season in Cup, or or you know, right. at least a season and a half, you should be out. Sparky had a thing. Sparky would always say that it should be a mandatory three years. Yes. Where you're winning, you're winning, you're dominating that series, and the fans start itching, we got to get this guy in cup. And you create that, oh, wait till so-and-so gets in the cup. He's dominating the Xfinity series. I, what is he going to do in cup? And and he's getting he's he's getting miles and he's getting experience and you're thinking oh boy this is getting pretty good, you know I, I it's a it's an interesting idea. Now me as a Kyle Larson fan, I watched this kid driving midgets. Uh, I interviewed him when he ran a USAC midget out at the Milwaukee Mile. When Sparky says, "Oh, you do the interview," <laughs> <laughs> I had no bro. Okay, and and so. But, you know, and we mentioned it before about, you know, it takes, sometimes it takes a while before you get, you get that first win. But it's it's interesting. You can see the difference when an Xfinity winner, an Xfinity driver wins in a cup 
you can really see the difference between the the reaction in victory lane, can't you? Oh, the excitement levels off off you know the charts when uh, an Xfinity regular wins as opposed to uh, to a Cup guy, and you know that's one of the few things where uh, I don't agree with Sparky a whole lot. But I sort of agree with this, you know. Right. I think it should maybe be two years because if you have a guy like William Byron, uh, you know, he dominated the trucks. He went one year into Xfinity and he wins the championship there. You know, I don't see slowing down his forward progress because, you know, to me, three years on him seems a little much. Now, it's going to be very rare that you get a driver like that. Uh, the fact that on when it's a race with no cup guys, the fact that Elliot Sadler and guys that have run a lot right. of uh, of cup races don't dominate those races, you know, tells you that it's very rare that you're going to get a driver who's going to dominate like that. But keeping him three years might be too much, but two years I'm all good for. Uh, you know, it you got to do something because I was a huge fan of the names are made here uh, slogan, the 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 push. To get the young guys' names on the map, and then it just fell by the wayside, mm-hmm. and it's the same crap every week. You know, oh, Kyle Busch wins another truck race. Oh, Logano dominates the hell out of the Xfinity series. We've seen that. You know, I just give it back to the young guys who are hungry and need to earn their stripes so they can move up. And I've heard all the arguments. Well, you got to beat the best, and all. it's a good way to measure themselves. But let's be honest, they're spending almost cup money. Kyle Busch is almost spending cup money on some of, and some of his race teams and that with the backing he has. Yep. And it's not a real fair fight. Some, you know, so, I mean, uh, it, it, is, it, it is quite frustrating. But let's talk more race. Let's take a quick break here. When we come back, we'll talk more NASCAR on the final inspection show brought to you by legendary Great Lakes Dragway and David Hobbs Honda. And welcome back to the final inspection show brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. And, of course, David Hobbs Honda, 6100 North Green Bay Road. Make sure you check both of our sponsors out. Uh, GreatLakesDragway.com for your 2018 season passes and DavidHobbsHonda.com for the best in new and used cars, Hondas and the such. Uh, Jeff Orlowski joining me in studio and we got some uh, NASCAR news, I guess. Some housekeeping, if you want to call it. Uh, we got some uh, Jeffrey Earnhardt news. What's the latest? What's going on with Jeffrey Earnhardt? Yeah, Earnhardt's out. Uh, what? Yeah, there's yeah. no Earnhardt in the Cup Series. Poor Jeffrey. What will they do? Oh man, I don't know. They're uh, still gonna, I'm sure, kiss uh, Dale Senior's butt every week on the telecast, but. Uh, yeah, no Earnhardt going to be running uh, for the foreseeable future. Landon Castle is going to take uh, take the seat for a I couple like races. Castle. I do too. He's uh, to be honest. I don't. I don't, don't want to you know rip on Jeffrey Earnhardt. He's he is what he is. But uh, if I had the choice between the two to drive my car, Steve Zotke or Stephen Jeff Racing, I'm picking Landon Castle. I am too. Every day. Yep. Every day. So. 
you know, it's it's sort of the end of the era of an era. I'm sure he'll he'll make, be back. He'll yeah. cobble up some sponsorship. Unfortunately, with a lot of these these uh, cars at the back of the field, they need money. And if you're gonna walk up with uh, with a check, they're 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 gonna put you in the car. You got that right. It was a good article. Speaking of that, on. Uh, Found it on the Sporting News, and it talked about bankrupt NASCAR team BK Racing. Uh, they lost eleven million dollars in twenty fourteen, ten million in fifteen, and eight and a half in sixteen. You wanna, you wanna, uh, you, you know, how you get a small fortune in racing, Jeff. How's that? Start with a large one. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it, this. That's an old. Oh yeah. Go. It's a very interesting article. Uh, you know, there's, they're talking about uh, court documents that were released in this bankruptcy filing. And it kind of peels back some of the uh, behind-the-scenes stuff that and and expenditures that you don't really think about with these race teams. You know, they only had uh, $2.5 million in sponsorships over the uh, 25, uh, 15 and 2016 uh, Cup Series seasons. And you look at and the— that's for a two-car team. A two-car team, yeah. It was David Reagan. Uh, he drove the number 23. Uh, Matt Benedetto in the number uh, 83. But you look at some of the expenditures that these guys had to pay. Okay, so uh, they raced those two years. Um, they they won almost $8 million in prize money. Now, some of their biggest expenses, according to this, $6 million in payroll and wages— uh, leasing the engine alone was about four point one million dollars. And I get well, that I can see. I mean, engines. It's, yeah, it's expensive. Yeah, tires two mil, travel another two million, uh, almost five hundred grand on entry fees alone, a uh, hundred and thirty nine thousand dollars for the decals they stick to the side of the car. Is that something? You're getting ripped off. You're paying one hundred and forty grand for a sticker. You know, well, that's the for the over the whole body. I know, but it's still crazy. Well, how much do you pay a couple painters and paint and whatnot? You know, yeah, you know, it just, you know, uh, three hundred grand on transmissions, a hundred and sixty three thousand on brakes. So it, you know, it's an interesting look behind the curtain of NASCAR and how much some of this stuff costs. And you know, there's a reason uh, why. And this kind of this article will kind of show you. There's a reason why they're having problems filling a 40 car field, not 43 anymore. 40 is the new max, and you still can't fill that. Well, you look at some of these bills, man. You know, and you got major sponsors. You know, uh, Larson lost Target, Johnson's losing Lowe's. And then you get hassled in the inspection area. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's it's crazy. And, you know, I, I definitely tip my hat off, you know, for the guys, uh, especially the, the lesser funded teams that, you know, they're, they're getting by on a hope and a prayer and scraping money together and doing their best. And you, you, it's no wonder why you have a lot of cars that are fighting for 30th every week. And, you know, it seems like we basically have the same top 15 because you've got the very well-funded teams, and then you've got everybody else. And, uh, you know, I besides being a Harvick fan, I, I definitely uh, tend to root for everybody else. And uh, it's it's tough, man. It's tough. It really is. And, and it, it's just... It, 
you know, it, it's it kind of with the it, it's frustrating because it see it almost seems NASCAR wants to push out the little guy. Yeah, they want to be. They kind of want, you know, they want it to be. It's almost it seems like like Formula One. Yeah, that where, ego is so big that where, they want to be Formula One, where they want to have the teams so. The from the they, I think they'd rather have twenty five really well funded teams than to have you know the forty car field. When and for fans like me, I like. It's fun watching the the backmarker, the guy who put has that race that puts everything together. Maybe gets a little luck with caution flags and whatnot, and and gets that top ten finish. Or or you looked at uh, you know like front row motorsports, you know when they won at Talladega a couple times and that kind of stuff. Where where the teams can really kind of. It evens out the field a little bit sometimes at certain tracks, and it's it's getting harder to to do that in NASCAR, isn't it? It is. You know, you you obviously have the restrictor plate tracks where anyone can win, uh, except probably Jeffrey Earnhardt. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you get that's why you get Trevor Bain winning Daytona 500. That's why you get some of these. Guys that typically run in the 20s and, and were ba- doing battle with Danica Patrick for the 25th position week in and week out. And they're able to compete on the restrictor play tracks. That, to me, is the most exciting part. I'm not a huge restrictor plate fan, but I think it's great because it gives the guys that normally can't compete at Atlanta, at Bristol, at Richmond, at you know Fontana, it gives those guys a chance to win races. And to compete and consistently drive for the entire three or four hour race in the top ten. That's why I love it. I'm with you. Give me forty car field where you might have twenty five very well funded, and then you've got uh fifteen not so well funded. And if I'm there in person, chances are I'm watching the racing between the last fifteen guys and not paying as much attention to the guys up front. Yeah, because those guys are hungry and those guys are gonna you know, and, and you need and the other thing too, and I guess this is one of the problems with Fontana, when the cars look like they're on rails, it doesn't look hard, does it? No, it you doesn't. Want the cars, and you know Fontana had a couple of years ago because NASCAR girl Summer Santana used to always complain about West Coast racing, especially especially Fontana. And then Fontana, the track got better a few years ago, and they were getting pretty good races. Now it seems to regressed a bit, and you know this weekend. You're going to see guys working it. You're going to see guys working the steering wheel. You're going to see the car sliding and a lot a lot of stuff. I mean, this is kind of a more, well, of course, ruts racing. Martinsville, what's more ruts than that? Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, I'm hoping that Fontana comes back. I think Fontana has the oldest uh, uh, concrete service in, in NASCAR. Yeah, I think um, the oldest surface overall is Atlanta, which... You know, it wasn't too bad. I mean, uh, you know, yeah. I, that was I, an exciting race, and I liked it. I liked it when the driver said, "Don't, don't touch it, leave it." Yeah, exactly. You and know. and thank God they had. You know, right. the the problem that Atlanta will run into in California, kind of the same, is that you know, if it rains and you get the weepers, and then instead of taking an hour and a half to dry the track, it takes three hours. 
you know that might be the the death nail for uh, for those guys for actually having to repave, and I hope they don't. But uh, you know, it's just I I like the abrasive tracks where there is so noticeable the tire fall off after just five laps, right? And you get a guy that sits there and wants to short pit, and then all of a sudden everybody's like, "Well, there goes that strategy out the window." Yep. We all got to come. Yep. You know, that's exciting. And then you'll have the one or two cars that say, screw it, we're trying. We're waiting on a caution. Right. And sometimes it helps and sometimes it burns them. Right. But I, I like racing like that. Yeah, Martinsville should be interesting. You know, for a while it was a, the the Jeff Gordon track. Jeff Gordon was so dominant. Then the Jimmy Johnson era came. Then it was Denny Hamlin. Denny Hamlin has, uh, I think, five five wins there. And looking at my notes here, he has 18 top five, or I'm sorry, 18 top 10 finishes, second only to Jimmy Johnson, who has 24 top 10s. Denny Hamlin is always run strong here. It should be interesting if he gets another grandfather clock. Another uh, note here, Penske Racing has not won yet, but they've been strong wherever they've gone. Yeah, they're getting, they're getting better. They're getting stronger. They're finding their speed. It's not going to be long now. And, of course, Daniel Hemrick is going to be running in the Cup Series. Yeah, you know, we had some interesting news with uh, Jeffrey Earnhardt getting uh, getting the axe, and now uh, some Earnhardt news there. And now Daniel Hemrick, he's going to run the number 8 Chevy in two uh, Cup Series races for Richard Childress this season. And one is going to be at Richmond, which is, I think... Uh, you know, it is a, a top five track for me. I love Richmond. I do too. It's one of my favorites. It, Richmond, Atlanta, um, you know, they're neck and neck, and now that Bristol's starting to get better, yep. that's up there too. But, you know, we need more, to me, we need more three-quarter mile tracks. Yep. You know, uh, we got to figure out a way to, to get away from all these mile-and-a-half cookie cutters. And uh, he'll also be making a start at uh, Charlotte. And, and we were talking about the Xfinity Series. Uh huh. Daytona, great race, right? Tyler Reddick wins the race. Since then, Kevin Harvick won at Atlanta, Kyle Larson, Vegas, Brad Keselowski at Phoenix, Joey Logano last week. Yeah, yeah, big shocker. You know, not uh, not a whole lot of guys uh, making names for themselves there. They all have their names already set. Sad. It's yeah. sad. Well, getting back to Martinsville, it should be a fun race. I'm looking forward to it, and uh, I've been I've been speaking the gospel of youtube lately and there's a lot of good youtube races from martinsville if you want to there's some really epic battles in the 70s if you want to dive into the history of nascar uh um richard petty and bobby allison had some epic fights and uh just rubbing bumpers and fenders the whole nine yards at martinsville speedway of course uh petty and that iconic Daglo red or Daglo orange STP and and Petty blue Dodge Charger and Bobby Allison who who ran uh, not only the, the Coca Cola Monte Carlo at at uh, Martinsville but also the AMC Matador. Remember that car? Uh yeah, yeah. Red, I've white, seen... and blue ABC Matador, AB, uh, AMC Matador uh, Penske Racing, and then later he actually ran that car independently through himself on the USAC and actually won a couple of races at the Milwaukee mile with that car. Nice. Nice. So yeah, dude, do yourself a favor. Take a look. And also have a few of the modified races too, uh, that ran at, uh, Martinsville speedway. Good stuff, uh, from the track. And of course the iconic, uh, bushes. Hey, we should do some race picks. Shouldn't we? Yeah. Yeah. Why not? 
we're not gambling on this, yeah. are we? No, no, no gambling uh, this week, uh, especially for you. You're 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 in the penalty box. Okay? Yeah, oh, I'm taking a break, man. Good, good. Um, I'm not taking Kyle Larson. Kyle Larson is not. I think he only has one top ten finish at uh, Martinsville. Not a track he he has mastered. But but then who knows? He might just <laughs> yeah just win one. Who knows? But nah, I'm not gonna go with Kyle Larson. Give me a second. Who do you, who who do you have? Well, you know, you made a great case for Denny Hamlin, and uh, it was a fantastic case throwing out his numbers. Uh, you know, eight million top tens. Uh, so I'm I'm going to pass on him. Uh, and <laughs> you think this might be a reason why I don't do so well gambling? Uh, give me Jimmy Johnson. I you know he's getting better. Maybe. You know, I think the team is starting to sort of find it. If there's a track for him to really step up, I, this would be it, wouldn't it? You would think so. And, uh, you know, so I'm going to go, you know, a little. Jimmy Johnson? Yeah, I'll go with JJ. Uh, let's see here. Boy, this is good radio. Huh? Me me tapping <laughs> tapping on, uh, on thinking here. All right. Uh, I will take Kyle Bush. Okay. Kyle Bush, uh, it's too much chalk picking Denny Hamlin. You think Kyle Bush is going to lay uh, lay a bumper and throw somebody in the wall to get the win? I think you could see that, yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't put it past him. <laughs> he's done it before, or he was the victim of it. So, Well, yeah. Alas, uh, a late restart because the bottom line is so dominant there. And I would hate to have a good car get hung up on the outside and, and basically kind of get screwed. I just want the car sideways coming off a four for the checkered flag. That works for me. Very good. You're listening to the Final Inspection Show brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove along with David Hobbs Honda. When we come back, we'll talk with Tony DeZino, talk some open wheel racing on the Final Inspection Show, 105.7 FM, The Fan. Milwaukee. Start your engines. It's time to talk about all things racing. NASCAR, IndyCar, trucks, and Formula One. This is the Final Inspection Show with Steve Zaki, Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. Now, it's Final Inspection on 105.7 FM, The Fan. Here's Steve Zaki. And welcome back to the Final Inspection Show, hour number two. Brought to you, of course, by the aforementioned Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. And also like to welcome back David Hobbs Honda. Make sure to check out all their specials at 6100 North Green Bay Avenue. And we appreciate them coming on again this year. Joining me once again in studio, it is Tony DeZino. And Tony, where should I mention you're from? So, uh, Z-Man, I have uh, two new shirts this year, one in the uh, IMSA sports car paddock with a, a certain tire manufacturer, um, but uh, my primary role in what in these purposes is for uh, Trackside Online, so uh, helping those guys out for a handful of IndyCar races this, this year. Uh, I don't know if I did the full debrief on my uh, NBC uh, evolution, I guess we'll call it, but uh, it's, since that's going to be a big topic of conversation, I think uh, I think it'll come up. Yeah, and uh, of course, uh, Trackside Online for all the open wheel fans is is a really neat uh, service. Small donation, and you get up to date on all the stuff right away as it happens. Yeah, that's basically it. It's a it's a flat fee, just over twenty bucks for the year. 
of all the sessions, all the insight, all the emails. So if you like your if you like your inbox getting uh, getting filled with IndyCar team releases and, and our uh, insights and analysis, that's uh, that's where you find it. And especially valuable valuable if you're. You know, not everybody has uh, can sit around a TV, especially in the summertime. There's going to be situations where you got to run off to do family stuff, vacations, whatnot, and it's quite the valuable tool when you're out on the road and don't have access to a TV and got to keep a track of what's going on. Yep. Uh, that being said, TV, I feel like, is the story coming out of the week it, of it IndyCar. It certainly so. is. Uh, we touched upon it briefly uh, as the story broke last Saturday. Uh, with a tweet that went viral, and um, it, we pretty much knew it was going to happen. I think this guy. I think we've also talked about it late last year, even and 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 this year. And it, it, it's 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 the move that makes the most sense, and that is the IndyCar series moving to NBC Sports or the NBC Sports family in 2019. Yep, um, probably I think a long time coming is the uh, the phrase that would lead off. Uh, I think there's been. It's been a topic of conversation in the paddock for pretty close to a year, if not if not a little bit longer, kind of figuring out, okay, we knew 2018 was going to be the end of the existing contract, which is uh, ABC for network shows and then NBCSN for cable shows. And as recently as late last week, it was not a done deal either way. There were kind of rumors still that it might stay with one or the other. Um, it, like it might stay ABC, which would probably have thrown a lot of people. But uh, it, it did get formally announced on on Wednesday this week when they uh, put the release out, had the teleconference, and uh, confirmed what is certainly to be the first batch of details, although not all just yet, because there's a, there's a lot of meat on that bone. There is, and I, and I think the the big one here is is it it just seems to make sense uh, to the hardcore IndyCar fans. There seems to be a comfort level with the NBC Sports Group with their uh, announcer announcing team, and there's always been kind of uh, well, I, I, I guess it, it it's you could kind of visualize the ABC relationship with its fans and 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 those involved, kind of like that Rocky marriage that maybe it's been going on a little too long and uh, you know the husband and wife sleep in separate beds and they're always yelling at each other I, and then you <laughs> see them out at in the restaurant um, and they're sitting at the table and they don't talk to each other i don't know if it's that bad but there you know it just seemed like it was it it was time to make a move, wasn't it, Tony? I, oh boy. I mean, it, it was funny. I, I actually did a piece going into the 2016 Indy 500, the hundredth running, where I I threw. I, I was trying to be polite and I throw ABC a bone on the NBC website, saying, "Hey, here's you know, chat with Goodyear and Cheever." And and I got basically it was not my brightest decision of all the pieces I did that month. That was the one that was like, "Why? <laughs> why did you do that?" You know, not you know, you, you try to do a, a gesture of goodwill and it backfires. But but in this case, I think. There has been a comfort level established with the NBC broadcasts. Um, I think Townsend Bell and Paul Tracy have kind of developed a friendly little rivalry between the two of them. Uh, and this year, we knew we were going to have just one play-by-play voice with Lee Diffie now full-time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been kind of an ad hoc deal where Diffie will do it if he's available, but then you've had Kevin Lee, you've had Brian Till, you've had Rick Allen, you've had one or two others I might be forgetting. Uh, th- there hasn't really been that lead person, but now... 
there's a year to, to plan for it, and there's there's a group that okay we've we've kind of know who these people are, and and there's there's a comfort level that is a hardcore presentation. Um, the challenge is going to be okay. Now we know how the hardcore presentation is. Do we know how the casual presentation is going to be? Because I think that's what I think that's what ABC got a lot of grief for, um, even if that was kind of their their task or their edict for for the shows they had to do. It certainly did, and you know one one kind of complaint. There's a couple of things I don't want to say going against the Indy 500 compared to the Daytona 500, but uh, for for just for packaging, Fox Sports does such a fantastic job of promoting the Daytona 500. We always, I, I mean, for I, I don't want to hear Indy Day in May. No, you, you I, do, don't, do no not, I don't want that. But do I, not do that. I mean, Memorial I mean, Day is fine. If 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 you're the if you're the powers to be in Daytona. You got to be smiling when during the NFL playoffs they are pushing the Daytona 500 in a month or so. Right, and and that that part will be a good thing because if you look at NBC Sports overall portfolio, there are a lot of it's big, growing. lot of big yep. ticket items on there. I mean, you know, I look at February this year where they had the Super Bowl and Olympics back to back, and every bit of programming across all the channels would be some tie-in to one of those two events. And you look at where they, they fall, they made a very big deal about this on the conference call today, or, or earlier this week, I should say, that uh, it's a big event, and it's going to get the big event treatment. And I think if they do that for the 500, that then you know the trickle-down effect should be for all the other events, which has been the long question mark of hey how does the 500 support the series or is the 500 on its own so maybe now that it's under one umbrella they can finally do that and that certainly is the case um there's always been a little bit of a i don't want to say a disconnect but you know with abc yes the five you know they've they've been with abc since 19 what 67 i believe it 65 was. yeah 65 actually and you know i was mentioning you know, in the, in the last show, you know, up until 80, 80 through 85, they were on a, on a time delay. They were on at night. And then you think back, it's just amazing how everything is live. But, you know, ABC, you know, the Bobby Unzer, Sam Posey stuff was fantastic. But I think they're, they're like, there's, you know, there's, like I said, it's like the old marriage. We need some... Uh, something new with the charge. And, to, to, and let's not forget about the, the contribution that, that they've made. I mean, oh, yeah. you know, the Indy 500 would not be what it was without ABC's growth and development, as you, as you mentioned over those years. I think the challenge has been, and this is kind of a hand-in-hand thing with the split, right? So when the split happened in 96, ABC still has to sell the Indy 500, but they're not able to sell the same Indy 500 that they've been able right. to sell for a long time. I think 96 was the first year without Sam and, and Bobby, too. So now you're suddenly having, okay, now it's a new broadcast crew, now it's a new cast of drivers, now it's a different formula, it's a different series. How do we make this big race still the big race when it doesn't feel like the big race because the people that were in the big race are now in the other series? So... um They've kind of they've been able to bring it back a little bit, but uh, you know it's been a, a gradual decline ratings wise for the last several years. Um, even though I think there are a lot of good people that work on the broadcast still now, um, and and uh, you know a lot of folks behind the scenes as well as just some of the on air people. Yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting, you know, because they 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 always tried. You know, I'll give them credit; they did try to give it that big event status by. Uh, Okay, you know, we're going to go ahead and get started with our second. Uh, a few times. Uh, Al Michaels it. did it once or twice Al Michaels as well. and uh, uh, Lady Lindsay, Lindsay Zarniak. Yeah, also she's done a good job. Nicole Briscoe will get a mm-hmm. one-shot deal at it this year. I mean, it's a, a bit of a shame for her that right. it's only one year, given her uh, 
relationship with the race, but uh, you know they, they've they've tried, and I think you know that they are doing a couple of good uh, goodwill items. You know, Alan Beswick and Doc Punch being back this year, considering they weren't you know they were part of oh, ESPN's right, yeah. layoffs mm-hmm. last year. I think that's a very you know very class move from the organization there. I think Doc will add a ton to this year's Indy 500 in the pits. And, Just. Uh, he, he, he makes you smile when he's, he's just such an easy. Oh, and they're both great guys yeah. too. It was it was yeah. really it's... funny at St. Pete actually. You know, Bestwick and I have only met maybe once or twice, and I accidentally you know I was going into the radio booth to call the the lights race. I accidentally went in the TV booth first, and you know <laughs> Bestwick's like, "Hey, nice to see you." And Cheever just glares at me like, "What are you What are you doing here?" And so. Uh, I think he still thought that my shirt was different, but uh, yeah, no, it was. I don't know. I mean, w- there there's a lot of. I hope I just hope that that they don't completely forget about the responsibilities of the final few races. Now, Detroit, I'm worried about, but I think they'll give, right. I think they'll give it one good last roll at the 500. It sh- it, time will tell. It should be very interesting, and a lot more to come up on the final inspection show. We're going to take a quick break here, and uh, when we come back, we'll be talking, of course, uh, Sebring. Uh, 12 hours, and then also some IndyCar testing and, and just the latest news in the world of open wheel racing. You're listening to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by David Hobbs Honda and the legendary Great Lakes Dragway. This is Final Inspection with Steve Zaki, presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove on 105.7 FM, The Fan. And welcome back to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. And, of course, David Hobbs Honda, 6100 North Green Bay Road. We appreciate all the support from Great Lakes Dragway. Make sure to check out greatlakesdragway.com for the latest news at the drag strip. They'll be opening soon as spring is in the air. Make sure to check out their website and get your 2018 season passes at greatlakesdragway.com. Joining me in studio, it is Tony DeZino. Tony, thank you for joining us. And uh, you were in Sebring last week. I was, yes. As, and, I, uh, as I told a friend of ours, uh, it's it's the West Dallas of Florida. <laughs> uh, I would, I'm, it, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Never thought of it that way. Sebring, but... if you haven't been there, you know, Florida. I mean, you think of Florida, you think of Disney World, Daytona, maybe Clearwater or something. But uh, it's. Sebring, it, it's legendary. Yes. It's historic. It's rustic. And if it wasn't legendary, historic, and rustic, you'd be wondering why the heck you you go down there. Yeah, I mean, there's, I mean, you hate to draw the parallels that way because it is. It's a race. It is. It is a challenge. It is a excruciating, grueling twelve hour race that somehow does more wear and tear on you than the twenty four does. Even though it's a, only half the race distance, I know that's been said by countless people for countless years. But every time you come back more wrecked after that race, particularly if you do the two week Sebring and St. Pete double, um, where one of the two weekends will undoubtedly kick your butt. I got I got to drop some uh, some names here. I had a Uh-oh. opportunity to spend a weekend in uh, Sebring. Uh, two, yeah, it's been two years ago. Spent a weekend with uh, George Fulmer and Bob Tolias. Now that and, that makes it worth it, you know. To and be fair. I tell you what, it was pretty cool playing chauffeur to those guys driving around town and just driving past the restaurant. And there's a story or driving we, past. We, man, week, weekends at Sebring sounds like something you'd see at the Lifetime Channel. <laughs> just it was. Uh, I learned a few things uh, about George and Peter Revson and and other stuff that I I. I definitely can't say in the radio, but it was, 
Eye-opening. Well, you, you, you can you can do your name dropping. I mean, I saw our, our, our both mutual friend and uh, our, our man of the studio himself, David Hobbs, there last weekend. So that was that was a highlight during the race weekend. I wasn't necessarily expecting because you know he's a busy man. He's you know he's got the new book out and and all the rest. But um, looking good, sounding good as always. So it's, uh, it's a pleasure to catch up with him. You know, neither one of us in there the with the shirts that we thought we would be in you know yes. several months ago but uh that's uh that's how the the way the world works sometimes yeah david was uh was a late late substitute for aj foyt who once again uh had a had a battle of the killer bees on his ranch in texas and uh thankfully uh his head swelled up again from getting stung again but uh after uh, a trip to the hospital and that yeah he he couldn't travel so uh, David, who lives close by during the winter and early spring, was able to uh, substitute for AJ, and uh, it was probably a good time. I know our, our friend Eddie Lapine was at it mentioned, uh, talked about it, and said it was a good dinner and whatnot, and it was a good night. So, yeah, indeed. And uh, going back to to Foyt and um, and uh, Hobbs for a second. The, this is the second time Foyt's had a Grand Marshal thing get destroyed right. by bees because this was this was supposed to happen to him at the Rolex Twenty Four as well. And you just you see the headline on the press release come in: AJ Foyt versus Killer Bees, Foyt Two B Zero. And you're thinking to yourself, this is a real headline, and this isn't fabricated, and this is still the most believable AJ Foyt thing that that could be happening. So the, the dude's got more than nine lives at least. So. It's it's incredible. I mean. You could talk for hours about his racing crashes, broken backs, uh, you know, Pernelli Jones bringing him back to, to life basically after a crash at Riverside. He had a heavy crash at, at, at Milwaukee in a Lotus, which caught on fire. Um, there was this big crash at Michigan where he broke his arm. I mentioned that last week, and he, re- he rehabbed it by painting like a mile-long fence on his ranch at Texas. Uh, then, of course, the infamous Road America crash. You know, it's just, I mean, so many crashes. He also had another crash at Milwaukee in a stock car in which he was uh, down for about a month after that one where he hit Bade Arnell, uh, rear-ending Bade Arnell in the front stretch who had a gearbox or his uh, diff, I think, uh, locked up, and he hit him at about hit, hit Bay was stopped at about 100, 100 miles an hour. I will I will give two drivers in this year's Sebring race the honorary AJ Foyt you bend it hard enough you know tribute award um, neither of which was was planned it's just uh, this is a circumstance so in the first ten laps of the race you know twenty minutes uh, Frankie Montecalvo who's driving with Townsend Bell and Bill Sweedler was meant to he gets tipped into a barrel roll by a prototype so it there's was spectacular a, there's an upturned Ferrari there ten minutes into the race and like that's not in the script and so. sad in the in the sad. Uh, postscript on that did you hear about that tub car yeah yeah Sec- that it's that done. car that car was also buried in a pile up at macau in a gt race last fall that is a fun useless fun tribute trivia usually usually you have the the the, the odds on that usually you have pulled the facts out and, and that's if, if you don't know about the macau grand prix go on youtube bonkers it's crazy. It's, yeah, just just search Macau GT crash. It, it this for, this same poor Ferrari was at the bottom of that pile too. So. And and they've they it, it's it's a wild street race, narrow, and it's amazing the cars and and the carnage it causes. It's usually post 
racing season it's usually in the, in the late like, it's a great like end of year just right. you know before you completely shut off in, in mid the mid to late november several drivers have made their name there and, yeah and others have not. <laughs> right the the second big incident was uh the pole sitter for the race tristan vodier so you know veteran you know veteran indie car guys now racing sports cars full-time in a cadillac he was trying to go around the outside of somebody at 17 and for those of you who don't know turn 17 is one of the more notorious corners in racing at sebring it'll because suck you it sucks you in it dares you to go super fast but you can't go too fast it's a decreasing radius it starts and then it tightens right at the end right as the walls there and it's bumpy as all get out so you have to make sure the spring rate and the suspension is is good to travel over it anyway vodier is trying to lap another car he goes straight into the tire barrier and does like a pirouette in midair uh, there's a there's a video from the Fox broadcast that shows from the pit camera just the how violent right there. from pit how violent and how violent of an incident it was, and it's a shame for him because, uh, you know, he's a guy that I think a lot of people want to see do well. He's got himself a good opportunity in a top flight car, and you know, sometimes you're making up lost time, and, and this is what happens. So it's a, he's it a, a tough well, incident. Well regarded well, driver. Yeah, he is. He does a lot of testing, a lot of uh, testing for sanctioning bodies and whatnot. And uh, didn't he develop the Indy Lights car too? Or? I think he was part of that that process. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, that sounds right. Back 14, 15 there, thereabouts. Yeah. So. yeah, good driver. Just hasn't really been able to catch the traction. And yeah, that is a shame for of, of, for Tristan and, and his racing luck. But yeah, it was... <sighs> It was good. Sebring was Sebring, though. I mean, the uh, the the winners. Patron. Patron. Silver shot. The fast Brazilian. Yeah, that dude, Pipo Durrani, is a uh, is basically. Did he, f- did he force Ed Brown into retirement? <laughs> that, that that slight upgrade in. Uh, <laughs> what, what? Ed Brown, Ed, friend of the show. Ed Ed Brown. No, I mean let's 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 be fair. Ed Ed Brown is put so much money into sports car racing, into racing for a yes, long time, and Patron has been a, a huge, huge supporter of that. Um, I've been to a couple of their parties. They are spectacular. I think I think what Ed has in Patron level of investment is equal to Pipo's level of speed, so it's a mm-hmm. fair trade. Yes. And, um, you know, that dude is like four foot three of pure firecracker speed. I mean, he's just, you know, he's tiny, but he... You know, he, he wheels it. So those guys were in a league of their own on, on uh, Saturday night. Good fight. Um, beat the Cadillacs, beat the Mazdas. The Acuras both had engine issues, that was surprising which was because surprising. Were, during the show last week, um, I think it was Elio was in the lead at that time, and we asked Eddie, you know, is it going to be an all-Acura show? And he was he kind of him and hawed about it, but I was, it was looking that way, wasn't it, for a it, while? It was. They were, they were competitive, but they weren't as – it was very weird to see them not reliable because that's a very, very um, developed engine, whereas the Mazda, which we know has had kind of eternal problems. Okay, we need to talk about that. We got Yoast Racing. Yeah. We were thinking, okay, now we're going to see a big jump. What is going on with the well, Mazda? Well, to, to be fair, they did make a big jump at Sebring. At, at the test, they had a they had an issue there, and they packed up early. So, um, and that coupled off of Daytona was was an eyesore for them. But they were they were actually competitive and, and would have podiumed on merit before they had a a slow final pit stop in the last hour. I got to give Mazda credit for sticking with it, though. Yeah, yeah, um, that's a program that. This is this is their year that they're making a big investment, and, and you don't pull a team of Yoast resources in if you're not serious. Um, they're very serious, and as you and I both know and have, have said over the years, we've uh, they've done a lot for the sport, and um, hopefully their patience and their reliability eventually gets rewarded. 
It certainly does. Well, let's take a quick break here. When we come back, we'll, we're going to hear from Dennis Michelson and Laurie Monroe from Race Talk Radio and talk a little more NASCAR on the Final Inspection Show. This is Final Inspection with Steve Zaki. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove on 105.7 FM, The Fan. Michelson and Laurie Monroe from Racetalkradio.com. It's time to talk some NASCAR in depth here on the final inspection. And Laurie Monroe, the champ, is back. Martin Truex Jr. throwing a little whooping down on the boys at California. How about that? Yeah, that was great to see this guy finally come out and our champion get his first one of the year. But uh, talk about a dominant run with him, winning winning the stages and then winning the race. It was great. I, I, I really enjoyed seeing that. It was nice to see him up front winning. Now, while he won by, like, you know, the distance between Fontana and downtown Los Angeles. Yeah. There was some good racing in this race. The duel that he had yeah. earlier in the race, or actually towards the, the tail end of the race, getting around Kyle Busch, that was a pretty good battle and made for an entertaining race then he just ran away with it yeah he was uh in a league of his own but yeah you did see a lot of cars five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve wide at some point uh, according to dw anyway but you know you can thank some restarts for that but there was some good action on the track i think it was a pretty enjoyable race i think kevin harvick really made it enjoyable though yeah, there was some great racing all over that lavender shirt. So that was uh, like, <laughs> that was the brightest shirt I've ever seen anyone wear on TV. What was with that color? It even reflected into his hair. Yeah, it was a very Daryl Daryl Waltrip's hair. Yeah, it was really really quite bizarre. Very but I was bizarre. going into this this weekend with an actual fun goal in mind in my own head, and that was to see the potential of Kevin Harvick winning four straight races. And that, to me, made it a little bit interesting. You know, you can't fabricate what gives you some sort of optimism for a race weekend. You have to have it happen organically, like Harvick made it happen by winning the three races and then the four. NASCAR can't just pull something out of a hat and start promoting California as being the fourth race that Kevin Harvick could win. It just has to happen naturally. And then to see what happened to him was just just absolutely incredible. Going into this race, all of the prognosticators, all of the TV talk was all about how he was a prohibitive favorite to win. Yeah. I didn't think he had a chance in heck of winning this race. You just don't win that many races in a row in NASCAR yeah. nowadays. It doesn't happen. Well, the odds, yeah, the odds were not in his favor, but I think everybody sort of was kind of pulling for him because it would be something special and he did have a very strong car there was no doubt about this he might have been a contender if it made really good left-hand turns yeah and if not for a real big temper tantrum that he had way too early in the race what the heck got into mr kevin harvick 
it was one of those really good left-hand turns. It was. Yeah, right into Kyle Larson. Right away on social media, you see, what was Larson doing? What was Larson doing? What race were these people watching? You know, I just don't understand why Kevin Harvick just lost his mind again. I just don't. I, I was very disappointed. I can't imagine how he feels in hindsight. It's, you know, I think he was looking forward to, to getting a, a fourth win in a row. But my God, it was like, okay, let's make the situation even worse. It made no sense to me. This isn't unusual to see Kevin Harvick sort of lose his mind, but it had been a few years since we'd seen the old Kevin Harvick. Well, he sort of sort of honed himself into this media type guy. And I know I talked about it last week as well. He's sort of almost setting himself up for the next phase of his career. And that'll be going from having a radio show podcast into maybe some more commentary on TV, all that stuff. And just very much sort of a middle of the road guy when it comes to talking about stuff on the track and really, you know, promoting a lot of things, a lot of NASCAR stuff. And now all of a sudden it's, <laughs> it is like the old Kevin Harvick is back again. You do not have to scratch the surface too far to find any of the real personalities of any of these guys underneath. They might come out and look like they're, you know, happy-go-lucky family men, and, oh, I'm just, you know, wearing loafers and shorts now and all is well. Somebody's up his bumper or trying to pass him on the freeway. He's probably trying to wreck him, too. You know, it's just, <laughs> it's just these guys are racers, and that's what makes it fun. Yeah, and the, the ironic thing is I'm watching a replay of the race from Kern County um, that Harvick was in, and he got roughed oh, up. Yeah. Roughed up by the Wisconsin kid, you know, who went on to win that race. Um, And he's upset about that. Then he does the same thing at 200 miles an hour to to Kyle Larson later in the week. And he's, I just don't get it. It's just, it's just hilarious to see. But it's great to have you back, Kevin. Uh, Here's the crazy thing that happened again this past weekend at California. And I think it's going to be something. In fact, we predicted it on the first show of the year here on the final inspection, talking about this laser uh, technology to, to do pre-race qualifying for NASCAR. 13 of the 37 cars in the field failed to make a qualifying run because they couldn't get through technical inspection. And that was after three tries. NASCAR going ahead and changing the rules in the middle of a race weekend. I just thought that was kind of bizarre. If you didn't set the rules strong enough, then get it the next week. You know, don't change the rules in the middle of the game. Yeah, but that's what we expect from NASCAR. And that's why, again, there's such a lack of confidence into what we're even getting as a product because oh, well, it didn't work this week. We'll just try something else the next week. And, oh, we don't even like the name of our series, so let's just change it and let's do this, let's do that. We don't need we don't need 43 cars in the field anymore. How, you know, there's just so, ma- so many changes. And I understand that, you know, money drives everything. But, you know, there's some things that you just – you just shake your head at like you just don't go change and stuff when everybody's arrived at the track and they all put their fire suits on. Yeah, the rules are set. 
you'd kind of like the rules to stay the same, at least from Friday to Sunday. At least before, you know, you, 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 you flip your sundial over. Yeah. Yeah. It's just pretty crazy what we saw, but I, I don't know. I, I think that's going to be the norm for the rest of the season because I think NASCAR is on this big kick where they're trying to make everything equal. And no matter how hard they try, Martin Truex Jr. almost laps the field this past mm-hmm. week at California. Uh, Harvick dominating the, the week uh, before, well, a couple weeks before in Vegas, you know, on the on the big tracks. On the big tracks this year, clean air is even more important than ever before. And here in this era of everything being the same, NASCAR's having a hard time keeping everything equal. We're going to be at the point where all these guys have to do is show up at the track in a rental car with their suitcase. They're going to get out, strap into the cars, and take off because – we just don't know what's next with this series. The NASCAR IROC series coming soon to a network near you. Well, it is time for us to step out, take a quick break, but more NASCAR talk coming up a little later on. You're listening to the final inspection on 105.7 FM, the fan. to the final inspection 105.7 FM the fan Dennis and Lori talking NASCAR and Lori I'm miffed I'm mad I'm angry well that's normal but tell us why it's this NASCAR rules stuff because yeah. I just don't understand this can, can, can you explain something to me if I doubt it. if I just lay it out there rationally Okay, give me a, let me get a pencil. All right. So NASCAR has not been 100% happy with the racing over the last couple of years. And I judge that by the fact that they changed the rules again going into this season. And you wouldn't change the rules if you were happy with the product, right? Well, I guess I'm thinking they just changed the rules to keep everybody on their toes. But go ahead. So they come up with a new measuring stick this season without testing anything. And now more teams than ever are failing tech. I don't think the teams are doing anything different this year. I, I think they're doing what they've always done, and now they can't pass tech. NASCAR makes a change and mandates a pit gun, and these things are breaking down left and right. They change how many guys on pit road just so they can slow down the pit stops for some reason, yet they talk all about how it's a team sport. So wouldn't having a fast pit crew be part of the game? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So why are we seeing all of these rule changes that don't do a darn thing to make the racing product better on the track? 
Well, the explanation I keep hearing is because the teams have asked for it. And I think that's as much a crock as this whole fan council thing. The fact that they've got this OOS or OSS, whatever measuring deal for the cars, yet it still takes like some grandmother in the stands with a Super 8 camera <laughs> to catch Kevin Harvick's collapsing back window. Yes. Explain that to me. Oh, if that's... you want me to explain all this to you. Yeah, that's the hilarious part. They they spent well, yeah. They spend millions on all of this equipment to to measure down to the the one one millionth of a millisecond millimeter. You know, the, it's it's smaller than the the antenna on a net. The the how close they get on these rules, and yet an inst- and yet some Minolta camera from from Goodwill catches all of Kevin Harvick's shortcomings oh yeah yeah i was yeah. i i thought it was one of those you know pictures from one of those uh you know those those old-fashioned big big number phones that they're giving to the old people now oh how about a polaroid sx70 the one that you shake oh that would be good that would oh be yeah good. that would be good yeah that's what i don't understand is they have all these stupid rules yet it's an instagram photo that comes through to to yes. bust somebody it's I don't know. So funny. Just just seems weird to me. But I'm not really sure what the next penalty is going to be for guys failing tech. I guess they're going to make the uh, driver start the race standing in the naughty corner or something. I really don't know. I'm sure they're going to start penalizing drivers based on what they've eaten during the day as well. Very big possibility. And that could be really dangerous at Martinsville this weekend. (laughs) (laughs) I'm seeing red. Yeah. There you go. What well, is time to talk some NASCAR news before we wrap things up here? And oh boy, big news coming out of the zero car camp in NASCAR. Jeffrey yeah. Earnhardt and Starcom have parted ways. Yeah, I guess it must be some sponsorship thing with with Earnhardt in the double ought because. Uh, you know, who wouldn't want to have a, the Earnhardt name on their cars? Isn't that supposed to magically just bring bring sponsors running from the hills to throw money at you? I guess only if it's a guy who drives like an Earnhardt. Yeah. Well, I guess Landon Castle's going to be in that car, so it's going to be interesting to see if he can get if he can squeeze any more blood from this stone. Yeah, I'm not really sure that it's the driver's fault in all fairness to Jeffrey Earnhardt. Exactly. Um, I think this is a slow car on a slow team. Um, And any driver in there is going to look pretty darn slow, but it is going to be weird not having an Earnhardt in the race for the first time in many, many years. People are just going to hyperventilate. That's all that's going to happen. Somebody's going to have to change their name. Maybe Dylan can change his last name. Yeah. Yeah. That'll work. Also in the NASCAR news, 1,000 Bulbs is sponsoring a race at Talladega. They've been sponsoring David Reagan, and now they're going to be lighting up the race at Talladega. Well, that's nice. Are they LEDs? Uh, You can buy all kinds of light bulbs, but I'm sure you can't get the old incandescent ones. Well, that's the ones I want to burn. I'm just sucking up all the fossil fuels and and coal mines across the country. Well, the way the weather has been and the way the weather forecast is for Martinsville, 
this weekend with the threat of snow in the weekend forecast for the the, the little track. I'm Ugh. thinking there's a lot of NASCAR fans that will be fully approving of climate change going forward. Yeah, hopefully bring some, some wood and they can start rubbing sticks together to keep warm. There you go. Also in the NASCAR news, I guess... Now, you got to explain this one to me because I'm not sure exactly how this is going to work. But okay. I understand that the fans are going to be involved in helping choose the entrance music for drivers during, during driver intros at Bristol. Oh, this ought to go well. I guess really. I guess they're giving the fans choices. Like the drivers are picking some possible songs, and I guess the the fans are going to vote on it. This could get really out of hand if if you had like total freedom of choice on songs. There could be a lot of embarrassed drivers coming out to this because you know I well, don't know. For one, I would love to to have Chick, uh, Clint Boyer come out to the chicken dance. But do you think any of these choices that the fans could make could be any more repulsive and gross than some of the songs that the drivers have already picked in years past? Uh, no, 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 not at all. But uh, that just is a setup for some real problems going forward. But it'll be interesting to see what choices uh, they have. But Oh, yeah. But this week, the little track that can Martinsville Speedway, despite the weather, which is going to be quite chilly on Sunday, who is your pick? to get the first short track win of the season. I'm not going to go with Denny Hamlin. Denny Hamlin is a fantastic pick. And I am going to go out on a limb. I'm picking a long shot. I'm picking a guy who has gotten off to a horrible start this year. Although he did post his first top 10 finish of the year. I know who you're picking. I'm picking Jimmy Johnson. Yep. To quiet all the critics that say he's over the hill, I think Jimmy Johnson is going to get it done at Martinsville. Wouldn't surprise me. Wouldn't surprise me at all. Well, thanks for tuning in today to the final inspection on 105.7 FM, The Fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.